Yes, don't care how you're trying to live, they'll talk about you still. Yes, but by who is in mind, a true friend is all. Listening to the AltaCast. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We are going to be zooming in in just a second with Glasgow, Scotland, thanks to Aaron Gannon and Andy Talbot doing the Choose Poetry, Choose Life reading that continues on. I'm so excited to have them as part of the MutinyRadio.fm family in .sf, and they're all the way over there in Scotland. So cool. We're going to be right back with some amazing poetry from international poets all over the world that zoom into this amazing call and we'll be right back thanks so much for listening to mutinyradio.fm hey click that donate button our venmo is mutiny radio all one word we'll be right back to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Yay! Yay, poetry! I have new poems today to share with the group, and I'm sure other people have awesome new work. We've been hearing from really great poets all around the world, and I love it. I have a new poem I wrote this week, and I've reworked some stuff from the past, so that is awesome. And let's get to it. Choose poetry, choose life here at MutinyRadio.fm. Sorry about the link. I'm fixing. I'm gonna send an email out with the real link now to anybody who's. I don't. How did everybody? How did these people get the real? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Technical Finn? difficulties here at. Hi, I just unmuted you. Hey. Yeah. How did you? Did, where did you, did you get this link from the email? I, I need my headphones in. I have to check other things. 
looked up the one for last week. Maybe it is the same going. Maybe it is the same. Because I did do like a, on Zoom, I did do like, it's a weekly meeting. So the link actually might stay the same. And I just didn't know. Oh, Fiona gave, so then. It must okay. be the same then. Well, that's weird. If it's the same link as last week, then why isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I copy and pasted, I don't know. Okay, well, whatever. Like, I will send the link from this meeting right here to the oh. thing. So I'm going to bow out. I'll mute myself. Two seconds. Uh, what is this? Oh. Pulling back the veil for everybody at Mutiny Radio. Uh, hey, it's zooming. Fiona. It's we're all we're yeah. all dealing with the what was, uh, what did you, technology. Did you, see you spotted what was wrong with the link. Yeah, the HTTP bit and the dots and the slash were not all there, so I just added them back in. All right, so the but the meeting number itself. Yeah, yeah, it's just um, if I do, right, that's it. Um, I pasted something here, but it might be it. <laughs> Comments, comments. Yeah, there were like um, funny symbols and the HTTPS wasn't all there. So I thought, all oh, right, I did it in. It's, it's like I used to teach IT, so I recognize the problem. Ah, there's no end to your talents, Fiona, no end. <laughs> no beginning, really. <laughs> uh, Luke, this is just Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> This isn't. This is <laughs> this water. Is just, uh, yeah, it's it's not the best like.
So Luke, it's the order so far is Luke, Bart, Fiona, Christine, and then Finn. Right. Cool. <laughs> right. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes till showtime. I'll try to uh, bring up some more music. If you're wondering what we're always listening to in the fills on a Wednesday, it is Kope. She's the Japanese Bjork lover. Uh, we're gonna be right back here with poetry. I give myself a haircut this week though, so that's that's something. Actually getting a bit long. Probably the longest it's been for like three years. Crazy. So good. 
quick, so I'm trying to figure out how to email it. Oh, okay. Um, Just start then. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, hello everyone. Um, thanks for coming. Um, we'll just dive right into it. Um, so, we normally say like five minutes each, but there's not that many people here tonight, I don't think. So, basically, as long as you want, um, within reason. Um, so, yeah, what we'll probably do is go around everyone wants and then if anyone's got anything they want to try or any anything else that they want to read um just go for it so first up we have luke who i'm just gonna spotlight just now and unmute <laughs> for the radio listening audience he's wearing um a pony a sparkle a sparkle pony Sparkle, unicorn, head mask. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. How's the audio? Yeah, good. Good. All right. My not quite old man yet, but getting their glasses. Small crowd today. So we have three for the first round. There's a serious, there's a heartbreaking, and there is a funny. Any choice, any preference of the order? Just go for it. All right. Start with a funny one. Start with funny. Okay. So Andrew Marvell wrote a very famous poem called uh, To His Coy Mistress, and it's a seduction poem. So I decided to write the woman's response to modern response to his poem. And this is called To Her Coercive Master. So now I need to put on my Monty Python-esque uh, man masquerading as a woman voice. <clears throat> Were bodies steel, not mere slime, your crude advancements be no crime. You could chat and laugh and boast, concealing the need you need the most. You could be the normal guy with sugar tongue and roving eye, pour out sentiments and schmooze, take me out and buy me booze, hoping my defense relaxed to make the beast that has two backs. A rented room, a cheap hotel, where fluids rush and organs swell, and when the morning sun doth creep, sneak out the door while I'm asleep. But times have changed and tools abound that satisfy with buzzing sound. Do better job than you can do so long as batteries stay true. And if I was a screaming brat, trusty sperm banks and all that, what modern woman nowadays needs a man around anyway? Besides all that, I know too well of pathogens that just might dwell within your bloodstream, in your hair, near hanging sack and derriere, AIDS and clap and herpes too. Who knows what's lurking in your spoo? And if a thoughtful condom's worn, sometimes this latex can be torn, but even condoms don't prevent scabies or a crab event. 
We need companionship in life. A mistress is hardly a wife. But if you speak with honesty and keep the truths that you tell me, we might share more than merely lust, like honor, feeling, love, trust. One. Okay, serious or heartbreaking? Serious. This piece is known as a uh, rear facing car seat. When it's not COVID, I drive a, uh, I drive a big rig. It's COVID, so I no longer drive a big rig. I see a lot of stuff on the road. So this is uh, inspired by that rear facing car seat. There's an angel in the car next to me. I can tell she's a girl by the color scheme, various shades of pink adorning her plastic rattle, rubber pacifier, snuggly flowered Sherpa blanket. And I can't help but think of that rattle, made in China from who knows what sort of chemical wizardry, stuck in a box with hundreds of others to be loaded in a shipping container and steamed over thousands of miles of oceans making oh so many stops, seaside dock distribution warehouse, wholesaler, retailer, shopping cart, SUV, home. All courtesy of diesel-powered smoke-belching trucks, finally landing in this child's innocent hands. And my train of thought goes off the rails once again, chain reactioning into melting polar ice caps and rising sea levels, Blooms of CO2 slow dancing with dioxin clouds in our upper atmosphere, polyester fibers clogging the oceans millions upon millions upon millions of tons. I shudder at the unknowing bravery of this child hurtling backwards at 70 miles per hour into an unseen, uncertain destiny in an eroding world when her eyes meet mine. She smiles faintly at me before she pulls her blanket around her, nestles in its warmth, and her eyes slip closed as she's lulled into sleep, just like the rest of us are. Heavy shit. Third and finally is a poem called First. This is dedicated to Chris. You've always been the first one, my first true best friend. Way back in middle school when we were assigned a project together, the project turned out to be life itself. We explored everything side by side, but you were always the first one in the pool like that mountain climber who would venture ahead of the others, hammer a stake into every fresh plateau and throw the rope down for everyone else. Took me to my first party to get drunk for the first time, the one where I met my first girlfriend. I threw up through her screen door, slurred with the heady, heady confidence of the amateur stumbling drunk. Oh, don't worry, I'll clean it up. She replied, sit your ass down, you've done enough damage. First one to get me high, 
we tried so many times, maybe a dozen frustrating sessions of, are you sure you don't feel anything? Until one magical evening when it finally worked, and thank God it's never stopped working since. First to give me LSD, and man, oh man, what a night. My face hurt the next day from laughing. You'd held up a cassette tape and with a lunatic gleam in your eyes announced, I've been saving this one. Ah, the butthole surfers. Hillbilly music customized for people on drugs. I had to call you the next day just to ask, did that music really happen, man? First one to play me those tunes that would redefine my very existence. The Smiths, The Cure, Depeche Mode. I would soon venture deep into the realms of punk, goth, and industrial, with you always holding the door for me. And it's amazing that you weren't my first dabbling in our puzzled, grasping sexualities back then. The music egging us on as Morrissey crooned, if there's something you'd like to try, ask me, I won't say no, how could I? But I guess we didn't want to ruin things, risk that perfect friendship. What isn't surprising is that you were the first one to cross that strange chasm, that black sparkling void, the rainbow bridge, whatever the hell you call it. You were the first one there, as you've always been. Again, the Smith said it best, there is another world. There is a better world. Oh, there must be. Oh, there must be. And you threw the rope back one last time. When it landed at my feet, I strongly considered taking hold. But I turned and saw my wife, my daughter, and thought, it's okay. I'll see you there eventually. And we all will. We all will. Thanks. Yay. Thank you, Luke. That was amazing. <laughs> please, please come back and read more. <laughs> um, so next up we have Bart. Oh shit, done the wrong thing. Um, yeah, welcome to tonight's episode of Two Love Poems and a Poem About... Am I unmuted? Yeah, I am. And a Poem About Pigs. Um, so we have for you Two Love Poems and a Poem About Pigs. Um, but first off, I'm going to wrap um, the first part of Mont Blanc by Percy Shelley because no one asked me to, and I can. So, yeah. The everlasting universe of things flows through the mind and rolls as rapid waves, now dark, now glittering, now reflecting gloom, now lend the splendor where the secret spring is a source of human thought. Its tribute brings up waters for a sound but half its own, such as the feeble brook will often assume in the wild woods around the mountains alone, where waterfalls around that leap forever, where woods and winds contend, and a vast river over its rocks ceaselessly bursts and raves. There you go. Um, this, yeah, this is a, is a love poem written in the prison of about two and a half years ago. So it's called Just a Few More Minutes. In hindsight, it's almost strange 
how similar childhood friendships can seem to romantic relationships. Like these bonds, like these early bonds and experiences are reconnected in adult life. That five more minutes feeling of enjoying another's company so much, it's almost hard to part. I think of my friend Joel and the pinky sized hole in the back of his head from the time he cracked it on a tree, falling off a rope swing, and reached the hospital too late to have it stitched and had to have it glued instead, all because it was his first time over my house and we begged our parents to let him stay and play Spyro the Dragon for 15 more minutes. The same feeling finds me in these early mornings as I crawl out of bed, shower, and slip back in with you for five more minutes. Mm. Quick, you say, go grab breakfast and come back and have it with me. It's funny how words become important, how we shyly fill them with meaning. Best friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, but also, how did it matter at all? Like when I, a late developing speech, made my first friend who learned my language. You're a chatterbox, he would say. Batterbox, I say back. Even now, you struggle to understand me as I mumble and don't finish my sentences. What do you mean, you ask? I don't want, I say. What but? What don't you want? I don't want... I don't want you to leave when your visa runs out. Um, now this is an older, an older poem. So that was to my ex-girlfriend, and this is to more of a kind of didn't really happen, um, or kind of did, but never like like a friend who, um, yeah, ne never became a girlfriend. Or um, anything more, but even though she's still a friend, I still have this poem I wrote her that I did send her when I wrote it and stuff. Sorry, I just exited it. All right, maybe I'll come back to that one. Um, yeah, it's all because I'm reading off my computer screen. But, um, okay, this is the pig poem. It's called Free Pig Confessions. This morning, in order to un to escape a toxic cloud of mechanic glue. I stumbled into a bookshop on Botanic Avenue. In the poetry section, I found a book called Pig. The author's name was Pig. His wavy hair was like mine, if I didn't cut it. I bought the pig poems for five pounds, along with some Samuel Beckett translations. Went back outside where it was raining bacon. This morning, begrudgingly calling in at the Buckaroo Supper Club to ask for two weeks missing pay, I perceived that the wallpaper was mostly pink. And seeing that pigs are mostly pink, it mostly made me think of pigs. While leaving, my shoe caught a pig. I was a pig trap. On the pavement, the pig disintegrated into volcanic ash. I wiped my glasses, looked up, and a pig fell down. Yesterday, after putting pigment into the strainer all morning and producing only one cup of buckaroo pig tea, my boss took me around the back and fired me. Singing in grunts below the sun on Olmo Road, I learned how much freedom from my humdrum could feel like sausages spitting or words fizzing in the back of this molten lava black pudding brain. All right, thank you. Um, I'll probably, that's probably it actually. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, I can't, I think I can, I, I have to open the other one. I think I accidentally exited the other one. So yeah, maybe that, maybe that's it, yeah. That was, I love that. I really want, I do want to hear that other one though.
The one that you introduced but then exited. Uh, okay, maybe I can find it for a second. Uh, yeah. I need to get you, that way of um. If you can't, then we can just come back in a bit if you want. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it is old, but I can I still kind of like it. I performed it once with the typewriter when I typed the whole poem up as I said it, and um, I ended up looking right into this guy who was like literally five meters away from me, <laughs> doing like the whole poem. Like, and and this girl, she like this couple doing this whole poem to them, but like it was weird. But, um. Anyway, it's called Relearn Things for Alba. The sea was once everything. Now my mind navigates the sea, interferes with waves and currents, finds space in the reflective surface of the water. Sometimes I wish things that happened were metaphors, or that feelings ingrained in metaphor could become real, splash over and break into the present. The board slips between beneath my feet. I hope for the future before it comes. Then I miss it. So I tell myself next time I'll kiss you. In heavy white light, I see you heavy white light. Your lips, your hair, I wanna lift you up. Yet, pausing in admiration, I feel like I'm getting further away from where waves hit concrete at heart and key and letting you know how I feel. Oh. Thank you. Um. Thank you. So Fiona's up next. Right, can you hear me? Yeah. Right, okay. I've got three poems. Um, the first one's a bit innocuous, and then my super ranty one, but do that in a moment. And then uh, a pretty, um, Hey, hey, poem about the first, not my first boyfriend, but the first guy I really, really clicked with. So, first one, this is one of the ones um, from, in fact, it was the first prompt in uh, it's April, uh, Dawn. So, you do the first dawn. The first dawn was strange and expansive. The waters were pushed aside and allocated their channels. Earth, red, raw, new, rose from the depths. The light was fiery and golden until regulated to just bright enough. That was all, just light, nothing else yet. Trees, plants, animals, birds and fish, that would come later in the week. But the first brightness called day was heralded by the dawn. Light did a new job, illuminate this new space, reside in a new home, the sun, and jog around till she reached the other side. Meanwhile, her paler, smaller sister, the moon, took the night shift. Silvery, cool, drifting, shimmery orb, like a pearl, before she was battered and pockmarked with all that space dust. The dawn was in between. Later, when people came, they called her a goddess, who disappeared into the daylight as her lover, moon, pursued her across the sky. So much for legends. Dawn was the bridge, the stitching between light and dark. We do well to remember, without the dawn, there is no day or night. Dawn, champion of second chances, recovery, enlightenment, escape from the terrors of the dark. Scarlet said, tomorrow is another day, but she forgot that before tomorrow is another dawn. Has it dawned on you yet? First one. 
Yeah, if I like that image, because it's been, I, I stole that from somebody years ago. So, my next one's my ranty poem. Bit of context, um, because some people don't get this. It's about somebody, I wasn't, I was friends with them, and they turned out to be the most awful, narcissistic, mental abuser that I ever had the misfortune to meet. And afterwards, I started analysing, well, what, what, when did things go wrong to turn him into such a lunatic? And I realised he was ashamed of his parents. And I decided, well, I'm going to write something on their behalf. They're no longer here for anybody to speak for them, because I was that angry at him. I've never performed it in his hearing yet, but one day it might just happen, because I would need to read through it. So it's called Jealous Guy. She made him smile for the first time in what a lifetime, his old lifetime, before the war, before the bombs, before the beach. They were left last, his regiment, never got home to Blighty. Her smile, a cheeky smile, a come round the corner and I'll give you a bozy smile. That set off fireworks in his head, but this time didn't make him scared, didn't make him hide from his own private invasion force. But you were jealous. Oh, the irony, she was Mary, the unmarried mother, with a fire from immaculate conception, but she loved it enough to keep it. Granny, despite her daughter's naughty deed, put her marriage in danger, just to make sure you had a home. He risked her wrath when he found out he was the daddy. Two years till she defrosted enough to let them marry. The couple that never intended a wedding, never intended a crib, a grotty flat, endless wash day. But you were jealous. They loved you, adored you. The consequence of their stare-heed fling if his demons came back. The devil came knocking on the door with all the fires of cannons roar. She tried to make it better. Made it a joke, his madness. He's the pain. You were jealous. No matter what you did, aced the posh boys' school, fought your own battles in the playground, still working class and proud of it. The part you played. Poor boy made good. You hated it. Did you never think how she felt? Being married to a man who was barely there. She stuck it for you because that was her part. But you were jealous that your own parents didn't live up to your dreams. So you kept dreaming, left the poor boy behind. Never again would Wellingtons be the only cover for your feet. You were out partying the night he died, and she was in no hurry to tell you. Never went to the grave after the funeral. Never happened. You revised the script. She didn't get the memo, didn't know the part she was meant to play. You were jealous that they had had that moment she rewound in her mind a thousand times that damp stair cold granite so long ago what if she'd never gone dancing that night stayed at home with mum and dad what might she have done differently if it hadn't been him if you hadn't been born it was too late the script had been written even when she had finally gone it was a mess a messy life a messy situation not like your perfect hollywood life you were jealous because you couldn't control them anymore. The truth was set in stone, but you carry on with your lies, your made-up script, ignoring the director. But he'll bring the curtain down at his time and tear that mask from your face. Will there be anything left after you've sold your soul? 
not even the poor boy, we orphan all alone, no one to dry your tears, not granny, not mum, not dad, no one to be jealous of. I'll close the book with relief and sigh, see the back of this fickle, selfish, jealous guy. I look, I didn't mention any names in that one, but the, there's another one where I do name him and uh, somebody else was there and heard themselves being called out. Anywho, right. Um, well, I think, I think I'll stop there because I don't want to take up any more time. I've got another one, but I'll, I'll leave that. Is that okay, Erin? Well, I'll just stop there. You can, you can do it if you want. Okay, okay. I just, I was just worried because I'm, <laughs> people are waving their hands about. Okay, this one's a nicer one, as I say. This is totally opposite. This is the guy that I wish I'd been, I wish I hadn't been so silly and naive when I was going out with him because uh, I would still be with him if I wasn't, but here we go. Nothing ever works. This again was from the prompt chain reaction. So here we go. It was love. At third sight, I think, an ordinary day on campus doing my washing, walked over to the McRobert Memorial Garden when there used to be a bench seat. I was you reading 1984. Incredibly depressing. But I thought I should read it, you know. If you're an English lit student, then you should know Orwell. It was my second trick from having to put the washing in to dry, with the laundry outside the halls. Coming back across the front of New Kings, I spotted a figure I recognised. He was wearing that longish outdoors padded coat, over neat jeans, proper shoes. No trainers, this boy. A dark blue shirt, I think. The ubiquitous waistcoat. Always the waistcoat. That had attracted my attention first. Tidy attire. A pristine white shirt he wore at the Cayley with a black jacket. I who has a jacket? So neat. No different to the guys I'd fancied in school. I was a very young 19. I stood in front of him and we chatted. I can't remember what about. All I do remember was the reaction. Deep inside me, deep down where there'd been no reaction before, it was like something stirred and shook an almighty mane, lioness of desire. She was waking up, shaking up my reunited self. The synapses were pinging wide open. Hormones being spun around by a yawn roar. Not just that once, so strongly, I realised what sensual meant for the first time ever. He wasn't my first boyfriend either. And the lioness pulled herself back into a curled up ball and became a little kitten again. Yet, need, need to completely inhabit another person. Than a hunter was hunted that day, but he told me later he was scared to ask me out. He had, and then again he was a bit cheeky, because I thought he meant another pal was coming, but it was a date. And then again, that was a kitten, thinking, nah, he's only playing, never thinking he felt like that about me, but he did. There are always two elements to a chemical reaction. That D, fire, mixed with fire. Go. <laughs> yay, Fiona, yay.
Thank you, Fiona. That second one especially was... I hope he gets to hear it. <laughs> Quite a few folk have heard it. Hopefully it's passed on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. No, it was it was very cathartic, and that and the other longer one are very, very yeah. helpful poems of getting over this person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Um... Up next, we have Christy. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Good. Good old. Um, the first one I've got um, is one about the ocean because it was World Ocean Day last week and I did four poems specially for that. And this is one of two I'm going to do tonight uh, on the ocean. It's called Man's Legacy. Turgid waves thick with oil and muck shrink wrapped in plastic. Matted rafts block the light as mobile dead zones spread across the seas. As man took and took and took some more, so all that was left was to harvest death. Until at last all became just one large liquid tomb, as a cradle of life was a coffin made. The wind howled and raged over this dead ocean grave. As God's cries of anguish and of pain filled the air with his despair, as he looked down at what he'd made that was no longer there. No fishy life, small or large, and seabirds long gone and rotten, just plastic tangled mats of loss as God's tears fall in the waves and fill the seas with his pain and rage until it overflowed the land and flooded all the earth, laying waste to all beneath as years and years fled and ran. But there was no return of man. The plastic waste, the only sign of once life lived on this planet, destroyed by man. The first one. Uh, the second one is a, on a lighter note, it's um, called I am the magpie. I am the magpie roosting high above. I am the thief who robs the nest. I am the call that breaks the silence at dawn. I am the one with blades and feathers striped like a convict's vest. I am the bully, bustling and bold, strutting and striding across your grass. I am the one with no respect, who defecates upon your head. I am the one who flies away, leaving devastation behind. I am the one seen as a pest. I am Lord Magpie. This is my land. Do you ever forget? Uh, this next one is the second one of the ocean ones. It's just a short one called Reclaim. It thundered and it poured, and with one giant snore, the ocean beast awoke and overpoured the shore, reclaiming land that once been taken from within its grasp. The beast roared and laughed. What's mine is mine at last. 
as the ocean sea frost informed its glee, taken back what once it owned before returning to its watery home. And the very last one of this <clears throat> is um, called Nature's Corridor, and it's just uh, a walk that I took last week, really, along the cycle path that's at the, the back of my, my estate. Used to be an old mineral line. It's called Nature's Corridor. Nature's corridor, wending its way through the city, green and verdant in the rain, heavy leaves swollen with water, path side green, sodden, bowed, head down the planet's droop, brushing the earth below, object seeking shelter from the city downpour. Birds, plumage wet bedraggled, attempt to dodge the drops, are searching still for grubs and beetles, the empty cage beneath their ribs to fill. The swift-footed fox safe in its home, rabbits deep in the earth curled and warm, small creatures buried deep beneath, empty stomachs waiting for the rain to cease. Along the tarmac up above, the cycle path is quiet, only the solitary walker, sheltering under their bellow and brolly, straight drops from their nose and dripping, hand welded by the coal to the iron shank held aloft, its spokes clad in patterns coloured bright, the only distraction from the sodden green above, alongside, and as far as the eye can see. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Um, up next, we have Finn, who I do believe, oh, hang on, which one you're on? This one. Um, there seems to be two Finns. Go with this one. This one? Hello. Yeah. I'm using another one to message because I can't do both of this one. So. All ah, right. <laughs> And as I said, my MacBook's my MacBook's fucked at the moment, so I'm uh, surrounded by soggy rags and soggy bits of paper. <laughs> but I'll get by. <laughs> right, I'm gonna um, yeah, I think it's first bit. I'm gonna do just some stuff that I've written recently, and then I will do perhaps later on if we've timed more from my uh, joined up writing. Uh, poem that many of you have already joined, and if you haven't, the rest of you, why not? Um, I got a bit in uh, the local press this morning highlighting it, and I've already had a few folk emailing that to join it as well. If you don't know, I'll tell you about it later. But this first one I actually wrote the other couple of days ago while watching uh, uh, a, a Tom Waits documentary on. Uh, Amazon or Netflix or something. And it's part of our uh, June prompt word thing. And it, the prompt was cells. And I have no idea why I think this is cells, but here you go. Driving streets less empty, remnants of protection littering the pavements, fog hanging about like a bum note you can't escape from. The times we had are just about a memory. 
replace the screens and new acquaintances, and others just not paying attention. The telephone stopped ringing some time ago. No car crashes or falls or hello. Strains becomes reality and cones closed off roads that nobody needs go down. And children hanging about the bus stop long after the buses have parked up for the night. Mistakes you make don't matter. You can't hide from them anyway. And girls without skin stand side by side with pianos and use erotica. But since it's late at night, you can hear it, fewer still watch it. It's not Big Brother, thankfully. Voices so deep, you've got to be careful you don't stand on them. It's not jazz, but it's not nut jazz. It's not anything concerning you. Police ignoring crowd, crowds not ignoring police. Doing things I've always wanted to do, but was too afraid to try it. Finding similar people, following similar paths, similar world words, similar hats. Looking around to see who close, who's close by, shopping arrows filled with buy it. Clocks unlooked at, but bothering no one. Withered rainbows hang around, echoes of banging pots. We don't need to thank them anymore. Changing charged phones for charge pads, occasionally charging MacBooks. As Posty speaks to baby seagulls before they head off to safety, and Posty heads off to work, delivering letters that may lie behind the letterbox for days, untouched, before being moved beside the groceries waiting to be washed. We are all living separately, entwined still, in others' affairs, avoiding contact, behaving differently, behaving all the The next one is uh, called uh, Toxicity. Darkness descends, the streets are foreboding, hooded gangs travel, dim lights hide shapes in the shadows. The toxic city wakes, masks abound around closed shops and stores. Few cars emit polluting gases and strangers, eyes down, pass each other. Winter draws near. The fear still lingers. The year has been like no other. The body's piled up. The loneliness has eased, but memories. Ah, memories. Remember when things were fine? When we all lived together, trusting, rightly or wrongly? Not now. It's changed. The world is strange. The future remains bleak as we seek answers. Answers which aren't there. Because leaders don't care. Egos got in the way. Sanity and many suffered. The toxic city prepares for a long, dark winter. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to do one more, I think, at this time. I can find uh, something from uh, April that I wrote in April, that I hopefully haven't read on here before. This one's, this one's actually a memory poem. It, it, the theme was the first time, and this is kind of about the first time that I, uh, I went to New York. It's called The First Time. 
I well remember the first time. It was early 90s. We flew via Amsterdam. It was September. We had two suitcases, one t-shirt and the like, the other jumpers. We landed. Only one case was there. We gave our details to a big, black, gruff, grumpy woman. Stephen met us. We took a bus to the subway, the big city subway. We rode it into the village, the village within the city. We lived in the same street that Dylan did many years before. The next day, we went to the World Trade Center. We got outside on the roof. Stephen was excited too. It was his home, but he'd never been on the roof before. We got a phone call on Saturday from JFK. Our case had been found, the one we needed, a case with warm clothes. Are we with you first thing tomorrow? Sunday. It was 6.30 a.m. First thing. Ah. Three weeks we were there. It started warm, then got cooler. We saw many things. We saw NYPD Blues being filmed. I was on stage at a cabinet show. Not performing, just getting a kiss. Stephen went to buy sugar from the all-night store. The assistant asked him how much it was. He didn't know. It was a front for selling drugs. I went to buy whiskey and got behind the security cage as the counter guy couldn't be bothered looking. They didn't have Glenfiddich. We rode subways, took buses, saw oranges in the MoMA, saw Paul Simon walking in Central Park, drank beer in the dark beside Tranquilidad, and was sad when it was over. Thank you. That's my three for just now. Thank you, Faye. Um, so I think what we'll do now is take a break until maybe ten past, and if anyone wants to read again, just drop it in the chat, and I'll sort out some kind of lineup for the second half. That cool? Cool. So yeah, uh, if we come back at ten past nine. Okay. I'll be back. I'll do some. We have um, Andy, Pam, and myself on the list. Um, Pam, when you're on the schedule, you are always scheduled to go like second to last or something. Perfect. So just definitely. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> that's where I always put you. Perfect. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I mean, obviously, since it's just us right now, then we can be kind of loosey goosey about it. Um, but so yeah. We'll be back. No, Flab um, Flavius can go in the second half as well. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. And also, I think that Finn should probably, um, <sighs> because I was not here also the week that um, he described the project. That, uh, yes. Yeah, so I feel like we should give him so, like, some time to tell everybody about that. And also, yeah, because, because it's not just us, we also have, we're being broadcast, and maybe other people would want to know about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. That's all. It's okay. Um, yeah, so see everyone in like 15 minutes. All right. Yay. Time to smoke. All right, you're listening to Mutiny Radio. I've found a bunch of poems that I'm going to read for later. Oh, my goodness. I had no idea how many poems. I've actually 
I'm really excited. I'm going to be working on a new script from an old novel that I wrote in 2009. And I'm going to turn it into, I don't know if it's going to be a movie or a TV thing or whatever. But it's about, I, I wrote a thing about a character being a, a predator. And I might, uh, I might, uh, maybe there's, maybe there's a, maybe I'm a, maybe there's a little predator inside me. Um, and I know that's a scary word and I shouldn't say that out loud, but it's going to be a, it's a really good story and I'm switching it around and changing it and, and working with it. It's really super, I've always been sort of a surrealistic type. So look forward to that. But coming up after the break, we'll have more poetry and we'll get to hear from Andy Talbot and Aaron Gannon. Myself, Pam Benjamin. Uh, I'm gonna bring you some music here while we're doing all that, and uh, we'll be back.
this amazing music be? This is Katomi, another Japanese artist out. I mean, she's great. She sang that final song for the, with Ryan Elder, uh, put together for the Rick and Morty season four. And thank God, because Japanese shoegazer music, uh, yes, please. Thank you. 
anyone need to go earlier if anyone needs to go early or needs on whatever just drop it in the chat swap around um but for now we'll just jump over to flavius You're on now. goes like this as the ink falls upon the fiber of trees writers step into a realm of intellectual peace an emotional war guided by literary anxiety forged by wordsmiths guided by imperial muses guiding the pen upon the paper as the farmer guides the sickle extracting knowledge out of literary maple just like miners stumble upon mineral nickel lost in poetry like a leaf in the wind like a tear flowing down my chin a leaf falling from the poet's tree i fly and flow through the zephyr like a human life through history I get lost in my binding neurons. My brain is but a suicidal spiderweb, caught in the silver fabric of reality, fallen in the trap of finding meaning of life. My eyes die, my soul cries. Life is a lie. I am but a moribund raven in the gutter. 
and now I'm gonna read uh, a nature poem in which I took a natural element, the moon, and reflected on it. I'm telling you a story that I would like you to somehow imagine. Mirror, mirror on the moon. I carry a box of tears hanging on my waist. I sit by the moonlight, tasting my fears. It is a dour taste, which stabs my buds. I hate the sour face of the moon that I chase. I fear no gods, but I fear Aphrodite the most. Tsukoyomi rises brightly into the starry facades. Upon my own fears, I choked. I had to swallow them. I gazed into the silver ghost. I had to devour them. They gazed into me like the abyss. The alabaster flowers flower petals. They brand me with the racial power of power. Rarely do I kiss death upon its freezing lips. I embrace the moon's hip as if tonight were the apocalypse. Just me and my reflection on the moon, we are both waving a cocoon, both of our lives are satirical cartoons. This blurry image upon the obsidian canvas is but a compilation of my fears, which I regurgitated into the ivory ink blot. The chalky doppelganger assails me with a dagger made of worldly terrors, but it committed a terrible error. It stung my emotional gland instead of my feeble heart. And now I can neither cower nor bow. Thus I vow to remain numb as my heart has petalized, my angst dies. My angst dies my, as my eyes die in the blackest amber. My mind oversizes its panic chamber. My cries put the moon into sunny slumber. The ashen titan crumbles. Its pearly pieces fall upon me as an eerie healing rain that soothes, soothes all of my inner pains, but also washes away the last cinders of joy I have ever met. Mm. How much time do I have left? If you could tell. You've got time for another one. Okay. I am a sea king seeking sick in. I am a pirate painting a canvas with my calculus soaked in sick ink. This artwork is sinking. The muses have forgotten me. Muses I implore, give me an inkling. Nightmares full of dragons, but I feel like Siegfried. Dreams full of krakens, I'm getting right into the strife, but I do not want to be grieved. Oceans insult me, clouds occult me. I am a lyrical beast, I pray and feast upon any kind of false priest. 
I was in chains, but I have been unleashed. My inner darkness, it has been released. The light of my soul, RIP, it has desist. I am an anarchist, but Roman rulers fascinate me. I want to be like Caesar, assassinate me. I sink my skin into depression like Caligula. I let the Colosseum burn to ashes while I play the harp like Nero. Angel of death, my wings are black like Agalinulas, a crowd. When I die, you shall take my bones and build infinite ziggurats. The mystery of my history is how I wrote to victory. I renovated my lyrical artillery. No more hollow bullets, just pure lexical cannonballs that act in complete synergy with my vocabulary and mind full of energy. Feel my energy and overload in my love because any poem could be my last liturgy. Depression is like an endless abyss, but now I'm finally grasping bliss. This is the day I dismiss the sad hiss that assails me from the deepest side of my brain. That's why I'm writing my own tales about fantasy whales riding the ocean's waves. As happiness prevails and contaminates my veins, as joy heals my brain and stains my mind with pains, as bliss terminates all of my sorrowful complaints, as my heart triggers the disdain hidden into my emotional reins. Open up your psyche and through it protrude your eyes. Witness me arise, violating the poetry canvas with my dyes. I am a mockingbird stabbing blue jays. I do so even with the mocking jays and I do it personally. I don't need a valet. I am a titanic blue whale through Kronos I sail, while Gaia I protect. The earth I will not neglect, while my energy I attempt to project. I control the rainbows like Nobukulwane Zulu. Colors convulse when I scream. The world shakes when I dream. I am Cthulhu. That's it. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Flavius. I I always I always love hearing your stuff. Like every week. Thanks. Thanks. It means a lot. Up next we have Erin. I'm gonna do two poems from this <laughs> and I'm plugging it because um, I'm gonna put the link to it in the in the chat. It's this um, book that uh, some people from the PhD program at the University of Glasgow put together and there's a lot of Glasgow people in it and I'm in it. Um, Louise Welsh, Colin Hurd, Zoe Strachan, um, I'm trying to think two about. seconds. Oh, I yeah. just need to. I need to. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but so yeah, and um, Elizabeth Reeder, who's the head of the program, uh, CJ Lewis, Carolyn, or sorry, CJ, Carolyn Jess Cook, who also is famous. Um, so they're all in there. Um, and so yeah, so I'm just gonna read the ones of my own that are in there. And then I'll read a Grease 2 poem. I was very excited about Grease 2 when I was a little girl. So this is the first one. Licking your lipses. How dare you press lips to my shoulder like we've been spooning for 21 years. And why are you petting my hair? You absolutely do not know me well enough to be trying to make me fall in love with you. Unless maybe you are like me. Every lover is a conquest and they must fall for you. Otherwise, well, you've failed. How dare you know this is why we perform the conquest, the incessant need to kill the people. That's how we say it, we kill the people. Sometimes we die. So there is one constant during these sugar smacks and bear hugs amidst all the squirming and purring and all the undercover sadness creaming. This wild seesaw of moments in which I am certain I am killing, but seconds go by, tick, dot, tick, dot, tick. Then the black dog howl, oh God, I am dying. I am so old and so tired, but I am here, killing and dying over these silences while we spoon as though we've been doing it for 21 years and not three weeks. And there, one breathtaking arm squeezes, a nuzzle, mm, the growl, do you never want me to leave your bed? The flip, the horrible tumbling. I lick the base of your throat and you are quiet, so quiet, so quiet. And this next one is like a palate cleanser, so quiet. <laughs> it's called This Week's Shoes. My Sunday shoe was shiny and white for virgins in church. It kept my mind in the gutter. My Monday shoe was comfortable. It looked like shit, but I couldn't be arsed to find another. My Tuesday shoe was blue in the sky for storm clouds that hover, but it was not waterproof. Red was my Wednesday shoe to celebrate nothing really, but one does want a hint of color, you know, for cheer. Thursday shoe was back to brown because life sucks and my red shoe made me get drunk on Wednesday night and I didn't get laid. My Friday shoe was a steel-toed boot because bitches better get out of my way. Sometimes they even do. My Saturday shoe was sparkling silver, just like Tina Turner's shoes on Sunny and Cher. I wore them and told everyone to buy me a shot and flash smiles that crackled the air. Uh, it's funny because I don't really, I only, I collect, I mostly wear boots and I have like a really, goofy collection of like pretty cowboy boots. Um, but anyways, which actually I was told at my job at the University of Chicago that I am too old to wear cowboy boots, which I thought was kind of funny. Like if anybody knew in life that like, you're too old to wear cowboy boots, apparently there's an age cut off. I didn't know. And I'm not gonna listen to that. Um, so here's the Grease 2 poem. Pretty pink satin, black leather, Stephanie lives straddle that ladder. You want a devil, but we all know that it's you. A cool, cool rider. Bye, Coop. Anyways, so yeah, that's it. I'm done.
<laughs> I love that shoe one. I thought that was brilliant. Um, next up, we're going back to Luke. All right. I was inspired earlier by some of the love poetry. So I'm going to read four very small poems. First one is a set of haiku. Or is it? No, it's not. I skipped that. Uh, this first poem is called She. It's self-love. The faces on her TV screen, the girly billboards hawking beer, the models and the magazines, they warp and twist her in the mirror. Shred the pages, smash the screen, don't let them tell you what to do. Brush away the mirror's gleam or kiss it better still. And who's banging on our door? Bad timing, guys. We're quarantined. This is a family love poem, sort of. It's called Phone Call. This is a uh, sonnet. I love foreign poetry. Got a uh, got an epigraph. Epigraph. Yeah, epigraph. Uh, epigraph is step nine. Made direct amends to all people we have harmed wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Alcoholics Anonymous Charter. 12 steps, 12 traditions. It came when I was 12 or so, a call from daddy, even though it wasn't any holiday. In weepy tone, I heard him say, you know, it's just occurred to me, I've never made apologies for all the things I did to you, your sister, and your mother too. I must admit that I was touched, at least till it occurred to me, that selfish phone call, that was just step nine of his recovery. <laughs> Who wouldn't feel that they'd been conned? Who wouldn't feel stepped upon? Yay. Hey, that good. this is a friend love poem. The poem's called The Pearl. It is not dedicated to John Steinbeck. John Steinbeck is a wonderful writer, but the Pearl sucked balls. I'm what? sorry. That's a great terrible. Book. This is the Pearl. The teenage boy was discussing his friend's suicide with that matter of factness so common among the autistic. When his teacher says, it takes a long time to get over it, he replies, you never get over it. You just learn to live around it. And this is how we handle such tragedies, the ones that would crush us beneath their limitless weights. Just as an oyster deals with an invasive speck of grit, we carefully lacquer the memory with layers of sorrow, coating them again and again until they're smooth enough for us to live our lives around without getting snagged on any rough edges. I lost my best friend, to drug complicated health problems. He went to sleep one night, never woke up. And while I take comfort in the idea of all this pain, 
manifesting itself into a luminous pearl within my soul. In the end, these are just words, but I don't want a damn pearl. I just want my friend back. And finally, an actual love, love poem. And this is for my beautiful wife, Mia, who's outside cleaning out the car. You can see her there. This is called Wishes. I wish I'd met you before. I wish we'd met in the sandbox during recess that I shared my Astro Pop. You gave me the extra candy stick in your Lickamade and let me hold Harvey, your pet stuffed bunny, whose moniker you would not choose until many years later. When we share our teenage couch and I profess my admiration of Jimmy Stewart, regale you with my impression of him, and upon discovering you'd never seen Harvey, insist we immediately find a copy on VHS to bring back home to our first house because child number two is on its way, not to mention all the dogs. And the apartment is beautiful and all, but it's high time we drive the RV coast to coast and hold each other's withered hands. First on one shore as the sun erupts into being. Then the other, the Pacific, home, where it all started, where it all ends as the sun slips into the sea and we hear the forever cry of the seabirds. Thanks everybody. Hey, a uh, quick disclaimer, I'm still on, but I have to make lunch now. So I'm gonna be making soup at you while I listen carefully with headphones. Thanks for listening to me. Thank you so much, Luke. Thank you. Uh, please come back as well um, next week if you can thanks uh, so we're going to pam next Ooh, going to pam gonna turn my thing off on you there we go yay and john steinbeck is awesome and the pearl is probably one of his best works so teach his own don't yuck my yum uh but i do i love that john steinbeck the pearl story i think it's really great all right Let's get into this love port. I'm single for the first time in like 10 years. So what? Um, it sucks. It doesn't suck. I love it. It's fine. But I've never internet dated. And that's one of the things that makes me feel like I'm better than everyone else in the world. And I might. Uh, this is a poem I wrote called OK Cupid. <laughs> OK Cupid. OK Cupid. I'm afraid I've offended you. Let's start again. Hello. I am 5'5 five five and have perky breasts. There is red polish on my toenails. I am very sensitive and will try not to cry. I was taught by nuns and kissed a girl in a closet at a party in 1988. Hello, I am vulnerable. There is no time to hide secrets when eyes always tell the truth. I am afraid of being called a drunk. Yes, more wine, please. I am afraid of sweetness and holding hands in public, being lonely, or more succinctly, dying alone with no one to hold my hand. Please don't call me sentimental. I might or might not want to get to know you before we have sex. I know how these things work. Please don't film me. 
Stay until morning and have coffee. Read the paper and tell me the weather in Afghanistan. Okay. That's the first one. Uh, distance is weird. This one, oh, there you this one uh, is, okay, it's, it's a strange title, but it's good that we don't know everything because it leaves us up to us to make the myth. Helen of Troy walks into a bar. Not just anyone can ride a horse. There's some kind of river of lava up there with a magnetic curse. So we don't even know what we're doing. God threw the world into space before Jesus left his home. He came back riding a horse, but the gate was locked. His family was not there. Even Jesus' horse wept. So he got drunk, danced with the waitress, and ended up under the desk asleep. Don't be coy and clever. Just say it. He's a literary character, not a real person. Helen had three drinks and fell off her stool, cut her face, and launched no ships. I don't know what I'm writing about. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Uh, this, uh, another one. I've been having, I've been, I'm, I feel like a predator lately. I'm not a predator. May, I, maybe I'm a predator. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not preying on anyone. I just, I just want to. Uh, okay. You can't kidnap the willing is the title of this one. She wandered the halls of her conceptual castle, lost and bewildered by giants and remembered signs. The goose that laid the golden egg and vines her expectations stomped and shook loud enough to wrestle the castle and crash from the clouds. Landed on a stony path leading into the forest. She saw a hooded mast, mass. This was not her grandma, but she followed, claws tickling her palms. Just a little further, it said, pulling her hand, gently leading. You are an angel, and she believed even with bramble tears on her cheeks. But the sun was shadows on dirt now, and she forgot the sweater her mother packed, the apple, the lunchbox, and the reminder about strangers and bears. Just a little further. Under this memory, behind this story, farther still, through the thicket, over the puddle of expectations, farther into the places no one talks about, where bears eat fingers one by one, and save the heart for last. I don't know what I'm writing about. Okay, here we go. Um, I have one more weird one and then a really short one. Uh, this is about, I live in the Tenderloin and there's these windows and I walk around naked a lot. And, um, and, and this is also sort of an homage to um, girls that work at the Hungry Eye. Aaron knows what the hungry eye is. Uh, who dares to think they are watching? I am the goddamn riffraff, the soul that isn't trying, parading around nude, open windows and four-storied neighbors. You slip quarters in the slot to roll the door where shame doesn't exist. Don't be virtuous with a dick in your hand or pretend this hasn't happened before. We have all seen your face. 
switch into another drink, slip off those hard-earned shoes, and watch the sky glow to neon. The blinking tits against deep purple light, every mistake on the sidewalk. Don't put your head in your hands as if you hold the weight of this whole city. Some supernatural cog jerked from time, the lonely hero thinking about his poor sister in Colorado. I am the sugar on this hot night. My lips are part parted and moist. Yes, press against the glass. I will hide in a splinter of beautiful light and pretend our business is private. Okay, last one, really short. This is um, this is about um, my param my malame, my paramour that does not love me, and it's really hard. And it's he's so young and so beautiful, and it's like, don't mistake angel children for angels, dummy. But uh, that's a quote from Magnolia. It's a good movie, but I don't have a title for this. So if anyone wants to give me a idea for a title, please, please. I ablaze, burned awkward. My only power crumpled silence. This is not a hammer, and I am not melting sand. My gaze slides, and you become a shimmer, a ghost, a reflection of light on glass. There is no wind to this game, shattered exercise in awkwardness. Remember to stretch next time before playing. Yay! That's my other poem. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yay! Um, that was absolutely incredible. Oh, thanks. Cool. Like, seriously, like, I always looked, I always look forward to your stuff every week. It's fucking amazing. Oh, that's so exciting. This is, seriously, like, this is the best part of my week because I used to be a poet and then I left it and I went to comedy and now I'm like, there was a reason I did this. Because, like, and you, uh, uh, this whole group being here is so important because, like, we're creating new work and listening to each other's stuff and that validation of creating a piece of art and then having it immediately validated in any kind of context yeah. is so important right now in these times where we're like, what are we, what? But just like to create something and then have a place to bring it is magic. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Um, so we're going to go back to Fiona now. Okay, right. I've got. Uh, I found some older ones. Um, I thought it was time for more Scots. So uh, this was one I wrote. Oh, Jings! I think I wrote this in primary school, and then I updated it. So it's just a throwaway, really. But um, a bit fun. Here we go. And if anybody wants words translated, please ask me after. When I was wee, I wanted to be the queen that read the news on the TV. Sign I thought I could be a fashion designer and see quines in my posh frocks, waltzing down the catwalks, or then I might be Biden in Germany or France and screaming books or soppy romance or about detective chills and crooks leading a merry dance. For years I wanted to be a lawyer or an advocate up in the high court, me. Defending the poor and LDMP. But then I found out there's no muckle difference between lawyers and lawyers in the end. 
I went to university and off back on being on TV. It's not a chat show host for me. I ended up spending all my time among my books, reading about heroes or all. Brave Wallace and Eldine Cummins, how Robert Bruce did slay. Learning stories of Scotland's past and the great tales for folk alongside. I would fain bide there and hear stories for all the world room, of fairies, ghosts, and avengers that tell truth so ancient right. Sing as a storyteller new, in word and letter I spend my time. Though what's nay my paid job, it's what I want to be, you are no longer we. Right, that's a real one. Yeah, the, the lawyers, the liars one. Um, up here, we say a liar for lawyer, like the musical instrument, liar, it's the same pronunciation. So it sounds like liar, that's a joke. Anywho, this one's really ancient. This dates back to 1992. And I think this is when I probably first started writing poetry seriously, but um, it was about the time I was going out with the guy that was in the chain reaction poem. And this just shows me that I wasn't paying any attention to the fact that he was like, the guy, what an idiot. Anyway, I like the poem. I was obsessed with Isle of Skye at the time. It's one of the inner Hebridean islands for those of you that are in the States. Um, and sadly, it's not like that anymore. It's quite sad. So here we go. It's called A Different Gunpowder Plot and it was written on Bonfire Night 1992. Star-flecked early evening sky spread with wind-caressed clouds, the clear to the west and fairy pale, herald of the night, yet comforting for the peaceful oblivion you bring. Another day floods by, the round out in shades of blue, the symmetry and perspective of plain grey houses missed to some distant black line of crags, echoes my beloved coolings of far west, dark jagged kings of the misty isle. Traffic howl fades to lone eagle's cry. Flashy headlamp beams dim to firelight. From the mouth of one river to a winged land, take me, wild goose, for I am in my heart a lost child of thee. City noise transform to, transform to bonny bagpipe skittle. Become highland again and inflame this Gallic soul with living colours on this Beltane night. Aurora Borealis, your fireworks, stars, your sparklers white, and the sun burning down behind Marsco, the only good fire for me. But of course, Beltane's May Day. I, I wasn't, I, my first degree was English in history. I didn't know folklore then. <laughs> Anywho, last one, and it's a bit of a parody. It's written in 2014. Little Boxes, based on Malvina Re Re Reynolds' song but me having a go at my short-sighted local council who knocks down anything and puts up glass boxes in its place. So very quickly, little boxes. Little boxes on the hillside, little boxes everywhere. But they're not made of ticky-tacky, but they do look all the same. There's an office one and a church one and a cinema one and a tower one. And they're all our history that developers now own. The developers with their boxes all made of glass and steel sit in boxes made of stone and wood, all our history, much to their shame. And our past lands and greenhouses shut away, not celebrated, old faces peak 
out of little boxes trapped like butterflies in glass and steel. But the developers wooed the council with brass flash and gold. We'll make your city modern, just like London, light the old away. Robeskeen's house between boxes, whacking great boxes of glass and steel, where the great and good once lived down the old guest road. Little boxes at Seaton, little boxes on the Denburn, not so little boxes at the Capitol, shiny boxes we all abhor. So what are we doing about the boxes? Little boxes all the same. We've got to fight them at every turn, got to fight them to the death. No more boxes, glass boxes, cluttering up our silver tune. Bring back granite and bright stone, the glory of our past. No more boxes made of ticky-tacky, no more boxes all the same. Thank you. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Thank you, Fiona. Okay, so um, next it's me. Um, I was only going to do one, um, but I'm going to do two. Two seconds. Um, can everyone hear me? Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So there's been like um, a lot of love. Like, fuck's in that. Tonight's been awesome. Um, coming into it tonight, I've had like a weird couple of days. Um, but tonight's been brilliant. Like everyone's work's been fantastic and um I've, I've really enjoyed it um there's been a lot of love poetry um so i wasn't going to read this but this is a love poem and i'm going to read it it's called on love because it needed a title and that's the first thing i thought of um anyway it's goes like this i thought she liked me when she cooked breakfast the first morning I was there. Pancakes with bacon and maple syrup. By day three, I was awake and up before her, making the coffee, washing dishes, taking out the rubbish, feeding her two dogs. But always she would make breakfast. I thought she loved me when she offered to run me a bath and I was greeted with Epsom salts, a bottle of beer and an inexplicable quantity of freshly lit candles. But it wasn't until the end of the first month that I knew, I knew for sure she loved me, still with the coffee, still with the pancakes and the bacon and the maple syrup and the hot baths with beer and salts and freshly lit candles. One night, I'd just gotten out of the tub. She came in and creeped up behind me, pinched at the skin at the top of my back. As it burned for a moment, she said to me, I've been wanting to pop that for days. Thanks. Um, so this next one is like, I think it's the most recent thing I've written. Um, so... I'll read it first. No, fuck that. Um, so on Saturday um, in Newcastle, there was a Black Lives Matter protest and there was one the week before as well and that went fine. Um, that was good. Um, but last Saturday, um, some idiots, um, like EDL, 
yeah, fascist sort of dickheads. Um, they thought that everyone wanted to tear down statues and monuments. Um, so about 200 of them showed up. Um, and they were all drunk and aggressive and abusive. And there was like 30 of us when I got there. Um, so that was that was strange. So I ended up writing about it. Um, this is sort of just like reflecting on it um, a couple of days later. It doesn't have a name. My city stands. Barely now. My city. This city. Newcastle. United, yet so divided. My city. Laid to waste by those who claim to be defending it. My city, its streets now lined and littered broken glass with the tears of the innocent, the sweat and blood of the innocent, knees down, fist up as the first missiles fly at the innocent. You aren't here to defend shit. You're just here for a scrap. After hours and hours of day drinking and hurling abuse at teenage girls like the one in front of me, you said she liked girls. You didn't quite word it like that, but she owned that shit. She took your shot and she fired it right back at your privileged, white, middle-aged, homophobic face. We're not here for your monument. All we ask for is change and no, we're not anti-white or against all life. That's not what we stand for. And you would know that if you'd listened to anything we say. But there's one thing we are, my misinformed friend. And that's anti-dickhead. And yes, that means you. And we're here to make history. So please fucking move. Thanks. But yeah, that was a fucking crazy time the other day. Um, never known anything like it. So I was there from like... Oh, he muted himself accidentally. Yeah, Very I was boring me too. Um, <laughs> I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. Um, so yeah... Um, I got there at like 11. It wasn't supposed to start till like 12. Um, and there wasn't, like I said, there wasn't that many of us when um, when I first got there. There was probably 20 or 30. There was probably like 50, 60 police and then 200 drunk, middle-aged white men. I mean, not that I'm not white, but you know what I mean? The EDL type fucking moron. Um yeah, um, I left about two because tiny bladder and no public toilets because of lockdown. Um, and then about three o'clock um, on Twitter, I saw like some photos and uh, videos of um, so everyone took a knee and put the fist in the air. Um, and then all the drunk idiots decided to start throwing flares, fireworks and bottles at everyone who was just there trying to make a change. Um, uh, Looked pretty fucking scary. It was, it was tense as fuck when I got there. Like, it was intimidating. It was scary. Um, so I can't really imagine what it must have been like um, after I left. But, yeah. Um, I'm rambling, and we have other people to We're just anti-dickhead. Um, that is a great line. It's really funny. Yeah, and so the like, popping I'm, the pimple. You're funny. You have funny. You have funny twists. It's really great. Oh, thanks. I, I just I don't think I can be too serious. I don't know. Um, so yeah. Um, so next we have Finn. 
Oh, Finn, make sure to um, make sure to explain. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You'd only see my head because I've moved. I've moved seats because I've got. I'm suffering for. I've discovered. I think it was the Zoom shoulder, and I got a really sore shoulder now. And I think it's with leaning into the computer like that. You know. Um, but first up, before I do join up, Brian, everyone who in love poems, I'm going to do one that I wrote several years ago uh, for my wife. It's called As Long. As long as tomorrow follows today, and skies in winter are heavy and grey, as sure as cows others give out milk, and caterpillars churn out silk, until backs stop slipping discs, and American cops continue to frisk. As long as stars stay in Hollywood, and some comedians' jokes are smutty and crude. As long as radiation makes you sick, and the centres of candles are always awake, and buses come along five at a time, and criminals commit their crimes. As sure as conservatives wear boring suits, as long as apples remain of fruit, until Scotland wins the World Cup, <laughs> and kangaroos give birth to pups. So prices fall instead of rise, and Superman wears his knickers inside. When wheels turn square instead of round, and 16 ounces don't make a pound, as long as still bear smells, still smells like a loo, and the number between one and three stops being two, until people stop staring at helpless folk, and the orange of a year egg is no longer a yolk. As long as Cove Rangers play in blue, well, that's how long I will love you. Right. What we're going to do, we're going to do some verses from Joined Up Writing. For those of you who don't know, this is a, a living poem, a community poem that I started back at the beginning of March when I wrote a verse. And then I asked uh, some friends to write the, the next verse following on. All they do is use one word from the last line of the last verse and add it into the first line of their verse. The verse could be about anything, could be any length, any style, or any language. Fortunately, everyone's read it and turned so far in English, so I can still read it out. And uh, while I was on here tonight on the phone, sitting to the side, I got a message. Uh, poem number, I think number 75 or 76 verse came in just now from uh, a lady that I don't know in, uh, in New York, a lady called uh, Jean Hall, no relation. He does happen to stay in the big uh, same area as my brother, but um, anyway. Uh, I can't remember where I left off last week, last time, so I'm going to start off at verse 29. And sadly, we have to leave the poetry reading because we have some Call Me Tim up next with Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, calling in, but this has been amazing. It's been Choose Poetry, Choose Life every Wednesday here. Thanks to Aaron and Andy in Glasgow.